Amen. Would you join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, we want to know You better and better. Father, the only way we can know You is by You revealing Yourself to us, and You have. Father, You've revealed Yourself to us in Your creation. You have revealed Yourself to us in Your Son, Jesus Christ. You have revealed Yourself to us in Your Word written down. So, Father, as we come to Your written Word, Father, point us to the Word made flesh, Your Son, Jesus. Father, don't leave us how we are. Change us. Father, if there's someone here today who is living in sin and is living under the condemnation of their sin because they have never received Your free gift of salvation, Father, today I pray that they would pass from death to life by calling upon the name of Jesus, by placing their faith and trust in Him. Father, for those of us here today in this place who have received the free gift of salvation, Father, we want to continue growing in our understanding of who Jesus is so that we can live our lives more and more for His glory and honor and praise. Father, speak to us through Your Word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You ever found yourself singing Happy Birthday but you didn't know the person's name that you were singing to? You, it's kind of funny, you think, but probably everyone in here has been in that situation, right? I don't, may, maybe you were in a restaurant, right, and, and, and somebody started singing, and they got, got everybody singing Happy Birthday, but you didn't know. Maybe it was even like a church gathering, and you just didn't catch wind of whose birthday it was, and all of a sudden everybody around you is singing Happy Birthday, and, and you get to the part where you say, Dear, and then you just... Don't know what to say. I don't know what you say in that in that situation. Maybe you just make up a name, or maybe you just are quiet, um, or just move your lips, or just say something unintelligible that kind of sounds like the person's name, uh, even though you don't know whose name it is. But it's kind of foolish when you're singing "Happy Birthday" to someone and you don't even know who you're singing to. It's kind of foolish to celebrate and not even know who you're celebrating. I'm afraid that sometimes our celebrations at Christmas are a lot like singing happy birthday and getting to the part where you say the person's name and then you don't know what to say. I'm afraid that sometimes our celebrations at Christmas, while they may have lots of lights and lots of color and and lots of smiles and happiness, they may sometimes be missing the whole reason that we celebrate. My desire this Christmas season is just to draw our hearts through God's Word to the reason that we celebrate. And I think the more we know who Jesus is, the better we understand Him, the better our celebrations will be. Not only will our hearts be filled with more and real and lasting joy at Christmas, those around us who may not know Jesus will see Jesus in the way that we celebrate. But that only happens as we know who we are celebrating. Last week, we talked about 
the fact that we at Christmas celebrate Jesus, who is the king of light. And today I want us to learn that we celebrate Jesus because he is the Lord of creation. We're going to be in Colossians chapter one. And last week we looked at verses 13 and 14. This morning, I would like for us to look at chapter one of Colossians verses 15 through 17. We're working our way through this passage in Colossians that is just full of beautiful, deep, meaningful truths about Jesus Christ. Now, Paul is writing to the Colossian church and this church, if you were to read through the whole letter, you would realize that this church is being tempted to believe wrong things about Jesus. And when you begin to believe wrong things about Jesus, it has an effect. It has a negative impact on how you live your life, how you go about worshiping Jesus. If you believe in the wrong Jesus, you worship the wrong Jesus. And so Paul writes this to clear the air concerning who Jesus is and what he has done and what he is continuing to do. We will follow along as we read verses 15 through 17. Speaking of this beloved son, Jesus, the apostle writes, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things and in him all things hold together. We celebrate Jesus because he is the Lord of creation. In two ways we see that here in this passage. Jesus is the Lord of creation because of, number one, his relationship to God. Jesus is Lord of creation, number one, because of his relationship to God. We see this at the very beginning of verse 15. We have this phrase, he is the image of the invisible God. We'll say that one more time. He is the image of the invisible God. We find that same uh, similar phrase in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. It says that Christ, who is the image of God. Well, what in the world does it mean that Jesus is an image of God? We use the word image in all sorts of ways. But what does it mean here? One of the one of the things that I immediately think about when I think about this verse, that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. I think back to the creation account when we learn about how God created humans. Now, think about that verse that we often quote that humans, we are made in the image of God. So does that mean that we as humans and Jesus are exactly the same? No, it doesn't, because there's very small word that's different in both of those passages. We as humans are made in the image of God or after the likeness of God. But Jesus is not made in the image of God. He is the image of God. It's a subtle difference in the words that are used, but it's a huge difference in the truth about who Jesus is compared to who we are. Jesus' relationship to God is that he is God. That's his relationship to God. He is completely 100% equal with God. I want to read a few other verses as we see this truth just pressed into our hearts throughout Scripture. 
John chapter 1, verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Philippians chapter 2, verse 6, Who, though he was in the very nature of God, did not count equality, equality with God a thing to be grasped. In Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of His nature. Jesus is fully God. We even get a word picture over in Hebrews chapter 10, and it's not speaking about Jesus, kind of is, but specifically there. But we have this word image, and there we have it compared or really contrasted with a shadow. This image that's translated there, the true form, is contrasted with a shadow. So whereas a shadow is similar to whatever it is that's casting the shadow, Jesus is not like that. He is the true form. He is God himself. Not someone similar, not just a representation, but he is fully God. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more next week. So I'm not going to say as much about that right now as I would like to. But Jesus is Lord of creation because of who he is in his relationship to God. He cannot be less than Lord of creation because he is fully God. But not only that, we see also in this passage that he is the Lord of creation because of his relationship to creation. Number one, because of his relationship to God, but number two, because of his relationship to creation. And we see that in the second part of verse 15. He is the firstborn of all creation. He is the firstborn of all creation. Now, if you are paying at all attention to that word firstborn, you may be thinking, well, that's an interesting word to use of God because it sounds like he might have been created. A firstborn. I'm a firstborn in my family. I don't know about you, but I'm a firstborn. My birth order, I'm, I'm the first one. I have sisters that come after me, but I'm the first one in birth order. And most often when we think about the word firstborn, we think about it, and rightfully so, in terms of order of birth. So does that mean that at some point God created Jesus and then created everything else, and therefore he is the first who has been born in some sense? Well, no, that's not at all what it means when this passage of Scripture calls him the firstborn of creation. Because the word firstborn can also refer to something else. It can refer to status. It can refer to order of birth, but it can also refer to status. You could think about it this way. You could use the word firstborn to refer to position of birth, or you could use it to refer to position of rank. And it's the second meaning that Paul uses here to refer to Jesus. He is talking about where he ranks. He's talking about his status. This isn't the only place that we see the word firstborn used to refer to status. Think back to the Old Testament. Exodus chapter 4, verse 22. We find these words. Thus you shall say to Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord, Israel is my firstborn son. And I say to you, let my son go that he may serve me. If you refuse to let him go, behold, I will kill your firstborn son. Here we have the word firstborn used with both meanings. 
God calls Israel his firstborn son. But that doesn't make sense in a birth order. That only makes sense with the definition of status. Israel was God's chosen people. They had a certain rank because they were God's chosen people. But then he turns right around and uses the word firstborn to refer to birth order. That if Pharaoh didn't let his people go, that the firstborn, literally the ones who were born first in the families, would be killed. Another place we see this is in relation to David. Psalm chapter 89, verse 27, speaking of King David, says, And I will make him the firstborn, the highest of the kings of the earth. Well, you know, David wasn't the firstborn in his family. In fact, he was kind of the runt of the litter, so to speak. He was the one that got left out in the fields and they went through all of his other brothers. And, and Samuel, the prophet, said, well, are, do you have any more sons? And Jesse said, well, yeah, there's the last one. He's out in the fields. That was David. But here he's called the firstborn because he was given a certain status. Not only do we see Israel called the firstborn, David called the firstborn. We also see one of the sons of, of uh, Joseph called the firstborn, Ephraim and Manasseh were both sons of Joseph. And in Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 9, we find these words. For I am a father to Israel, and Ephraim is my firstborn. It's an interesting backstory to that. Ephraim was actually second in birth order. His brother Manasseh was older than him. But when Jacob, the grandfather, gave the blessing, instead of putting his hands out like that, he switched his hands and his right hand landed on Ephraim, and Ephraim was given the birthright. So his birth order was secondborn, but his status was firstborn. I say that to not confuse you, but just to give you examples in Scripture where we see the word firstborn being used to refer to status and not to actual the first who was born or created. What about Jesus? Jesus is called the firstborn several times. In Romans chapter 8, verse 29, he's called the firstborn among many brothers. Colossians chapter 1 uh, here, and then Revelation chapter 1, verse 5, he's called the firstborn from the dead. And in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 6, it says, when he brings the firstborn into the world, referring to Jesus. So multiple times, Jesus is called the firstborn. Now, this verse has led to lots of misunderstanding. Not just in recent days, but all the way back to just a century or so after the time of Christ. There was a heresy that began to be proclaimed that Jesus was somehow less than God. That God had sometime created Jesus. In other words, there was a time, according to this teaching, that Jesus was not in existence. There was a time when he was not. And then God brought him into existence. And that teaching continues to the present day. We see it in different cults, such as Jehovah's Witness. It's what they believe that Jesus is not fully God because he was created by God. And they'll use this verse to support that belief. But this verse, of course, is not referring to the birth order of Jesus. It's referring to his status. Well, how can we know that the word firstborn doesn't mean that Jesus was created? Well, we've already said that Jesus is God. That would contradict what comes right before, that he is the image of the invisible God. 
If you were to skip ahead, and we'll look at this verse next week, but I'll briefly mention it. Verse 19 says, For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. Over and over and over, Scripture tells us that Jesus is God. Jesus himself claimed to be God. He said before Abraham was, I am. I am. That's the name of God. And the Jews knew exactly what he meant when he said, I am, because they picked up stones to throw at him because they thought that he was blaspheming God by claiming to be God. But he wasn't because he really is God. And so this firstborn of creation can't mean that he was created because all of Scripture testifies to the fact that he is fully God. But not only that, but we see in verses 16 and 17 that he is the creator. Notice these words, for by him, we're still talking about Jesus, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things and in him all things hold together. He is God and he is the creator. Therefore, firstborn can't refer to Jesus being created. It refers to his status in relationship to the rest of creation. Let me give you four supporting truths that you see here. For why Jesus is not created and is therefore the Lord of all creation. We see there at the beginning of verse 16 that all creation came from Jesus. If all creation came from him, then he can't be included in the all creation. This doesn't work. Everything that exists was made by Jesus. Think back to those first words of the Bible. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Do you ever think about Jesus when you read those verses? Read the creation account? Often we don't. We don't don't think about Jesus sometimes until we get to the Matthew chapter 1. To the New Testament. But Jesus was there in the beginning. Creating. As God spoke creation into existence, the eternal Word of God was creating all things. Everything that is has been made by and through Jesus Christ. John chapter 1, verse 3 says, All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. Which means that He was not made because He is the Creator of all things. He is the uncreated Lord of creation. Just think about that for a moment. The season of Christmas. We think about that, what we refer to as the nativity scene. That moment. Angels announcing the birth. Shepherds running into Bethlehem. Finding a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Wise men following a star from the east coming to worship, to give gifts to this child. As I was thinking about this passage of Scripture in relation to Christmas, I kind of got overwhelmed just thinking about the angels that announced the birth of Jesus. Jesus made those angels. This baby in the manger created the sheep that got left in the fields when the shepherds ran off to Bethlehem. This baby in the manger created 
the stone or the wood or whatever material it was that that manger that he was laying in was made out of. The baby made that. That baby set that star in place that the wise men followed. That baby was the creator of that star. That baby created the woman that gave birth to him. That is the miracle of Christmas. That this baby in the manger had always existed and then had just the right time entered into this world. God became human and yet remained fully God. It's more than just a baby in a manger. This is the Lord of all creation. I wonder if our celebration at Christmas does justice to who this baby really is. Are we worshiping the Lord of all creation? Not only does all creation come from Jesus, but all creation exists for Jesus. Notice there at the very end of verse 16, it's easy to read over, but it says all things were created through Him and for Him. All of creation exists to bring glory to Jesus Christ. The sun, the stars, the flowers, the butterflies, you, me, we're created to bring glory and honor to God. Specifically to exalt the name of Jesus Christ. He is the Lord over creation because all of creation exists to bring Him glory. I wonder how we did this past week. Exalting Jesus in our lives. I wonder how we did. Drawing attention, not to ourselves, but to Jesus. To who He is. To the truth of the gospel, what he's done. You and I exist for the glory of Jesus. That is our number one purpose in life. Is to make much of Jesus Christ. Everything else comes in a far away second place. Or third place or fourth place. We exist for the glory of Jesus. But not only does creation exist for Jesus... We even have this phrase here. It's kind of like Paul's just putting on truth after truth, reason after reason to make sure we understand what he means when he says that he's the firstborn of all creation. All creation came after Jesus. Again, just in case we misunderstood that Jesus is the creator and therefore was not created, that he has always existed, that he is the eternal God. He says at the beginning of verse 17, and he is before all things. Again, all things came after him. All things were made through him and for him. And therefore, he is worthy of all glory, honor, and praise. And then notice the end of verse 17. And in him, all things hold together. All things hold together. You ever think about this world that we live in? Just how amazing it is. One thing that I don't know a whole lot about, but it it just fascinates me, but I'm not I don't know much of, much about it is just the solar system, right? The the, the the planet Earth and then other planets and the solar system that we live in. 
just it blows my mind how vast it all is. But not only the, the, the bigness of, of, our, of this universe, not only does that point to the glory of God, but how does it all keep working, right? Uh, back over Thanksgiving, I think it was, uh, we were driving to uh, visit some family. I had a several-hour drive. It was late on Thanksgiving uh, night. And so my wife, who um, loves, I'll get in trouble for this, but she likes to go to sleep whenever we get in the car. And, uh, and, and so she, she, she's been very good, though. She would try to stay awake to help keep me awake. And uh, so it was late at night. I was kind of tired. And she said, all right. She said, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask, ask you some trivia questions. And I was like, okay. And so she got on her phone and she looked up. So she looked up some stuff about the, the solar system. And she was asking me these questions. I didn't know what it was, what the answers were. But it helped keep me awake. But it was also blowing my mind at the same time. And, uh, and, and so she, was, she said, do you know how fast the earth is spinning right now? I don't know. 1,000 miles an hour. Like, wow, that's pretty, that's pretty fast. 1,000 miles an hour. She said, you know how fast the earth is moving around the sun? I don't know. 67,000 miles an hour. I, I, don't, I don't even know how to process that number when it comes to miles per hour. I mean, all I know to say is that's flying. Literally, that's flying. How does that keep working? How does that how does the earth keep spinning? And how does it stay on stay on that path going that fast and continue going that fast? How does that happen? This verse says that he holds all things together. In him all things hold together. And so all creation is sustained by Jesus. All creation is sustained by Jesus. So Jesus didn't just create everything and then step back and go, all right, we'll see how long it lasts. We'll see how long everything holds together. Right now, right now at this very moment, He is holding all things together. He's making His creation work. He is worthy of glory. He is worthy of our praise. He is worthy of celebration, not just at this time of year, but all throughout the year. But if we're going to celebrate Christmas, let's make sure we're celebrating the Lord of creation and giving Him the place that He deserves. What is that place? First. It's another way to say that He's the firstborn of all creation. He is in first place. So that we don't get confused and think this Jesus. This little baby in a manger. This man that Isaiah 53 says looked just like everybody else. There was no, nothing special about him. So that we don't get confused and think that he's just one more part of creation. This baby, this man, this Jesus is Lord over all. That's a lot of facts about Jesus, but... Maybe you're wondering now, really though, what difference does that make in my life? Well, Jesus reigns over creation, which means He should be reigning over your heart today. If Jesus is Lord of all creation, that means He is to be Lord of your life and my life. What has reigned over your heart this week? Have you called the shots in your life? Have you sought to live life the way that you wanted to live? 
Or is Jesus reigning as Lord over your heart? In the beginning, all things were created by Jesus and for Jesus. But something happened. Romans chapter 1 verse 25 says that people, humans, you and me, exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator. Here is what you and I have done and what we do. What all humanity has done. Instead of worshiping the Lord of creation, we worship the creation instead of the Creator. We worship the gifts around the tree instead of the giver of all good gifts. We worship ourselves. We bow down to our own wants and desires instead of bowing down to the Lord of all creation. We exchange this truth about God for a lie. That's what Paul was afraid was going to happen to the Colossians. That they were going to exchange the truth about who Jesus is for a lie. And that would lead to them worshiping a false God. <clears throat> but guess what? I'm not done. And that's good news. Before you say anything. That's good news. Because even though God's creation, Jesus' creation, rebelled against Him, the Lord of all creation chose to enter into His creation as a little baby to live among sinners among a creation that had been marred by sin. And He revealed God to us. That first phrase, He is the image of the invisible God. That's good news. God is invisible. We can't see Him. And in our sin, we can't know Him. But Jesus is the image. An image can be seen. And Jesus came to make God known to us. We don't deserve that. We deserve to be kicked out of God's kingdom forever. But the Lord of creation has come. And He has made God known to us. But He didn't just make God known to us. Not only did Jesus reveal the invisible God, but Jesus redeems and reconciles our wayward Even though we've rebelled against our Creator, Jesus left the glory of heaven and came to earth as a baby. He entered into this creation not just to live, but to lay down His life. To go to the cross and to take the wrath of God that rebels against the Lord of creation deserve. To take that upon Himself as the Lord of creation. So that you and I be forgiven so that you and I could once again have the Lord of creation reigning on the thrones of our hearts. <clears throat> if my voice will last another minute, I want to read from Matthew chapter 1. It's a Christmas story. And her husband Joseph, being a just man, and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, 
son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son. And you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. The Lord of creation. He's come. He's come so that we could be saved. So that we could have life everlasting. Can I ask you a question today? You've been created by Jesus. Have you been saved by Jesus? Have you? You can't really celebrate Jesus until He saves you. And if He hasn't, He can. If you'll place your faith and trust in Him. Jesus is Lord of creation. Is He Lord of your heart today? Is there something that you have put in first place in your life? And by doing so, have replaced the one who belongs in first place, Jesus. I say that to Christians too. Because even as followers of Christ who have been saved, sometimes we stray. Sometimes we put something else on the throne of our hearts that doesn't belong there. There's only one. There is only one who is the firstborn of all creation. There is only one who is the image of the invisible God. There is only one who belongs in first place in our lives. There is only one who is Lord of creation. And His name is Jesus. This Christmas, let's celebrate the Lord of all creation. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we love You. The only way that we can even say that, Lord, is because Your Son, Jesus, who is the Creator, left the glory of heaven and became like us. Became like His creation. Father, what an act of humility. Your Word tells us over and over and over that He did that to bring glory to You, Father, by laying His life down as the perfect and acceptable sacrifice for sin. Father, keep us from wrong beliefs about Jesus. Father, He's not created. He is the uncreated God of this universe. And being so, He is the only one who can save us from our sins. Father, if there's someone here today who is living in rebellion against the Lord of creation, Father, I pray that today, You would reach down through Your Holy Spirit. You would convict their hearts of their rebellion. That they would turn to the Lord of all creation, to Jesus. Repenting of sin. And ask Him to rescue them. And to be the Lord of their lives. Father, for all of us, even if we're followers of Christ, Please help us to examine our hearts through your Holy Spirit and show us if there be any way in us, any place in us, any area of our life where Jesus is not reigning in first place. Father, be gracious and forgive us and strengthen us to live each and every day with Jesus as Lord of our lives. 
in his name that we pray, the name of Jesus. Amen.